This is Joe Basso with Music Radar, the place for music makers, and I'm speaking with Chad Smith, the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and the drummer for Chicken Foot, I guess we're calling it for now. Something like that. Um, Something like that. I know, Chicken Foot. It's weird, but, you know. Yeah, we have some names, but I'm not sure what it's going to be for sure. But uh, also, tell me what you think. The Nine has been bandied about. What do you think of that name? The Nine. The and, Nine. And, well, there's four of you. Yeah, I don't know. I, so what yeah, does the Nine Danny's mean? Numerology thing. I think he's got some, uh, I'm not I'm not really sure, but we're, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we're trying to do the music first, and then we'll get a name. Maybe we should run a music radar contest for... Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Come reader. up with the best name, and you win, win uh, a, a date with Joe. He's kind of really married. <laughs> okay, then just for the guys, a date with Joe. That would work. <laughs> and, and, and how nice of you to offer up Joe. You know, because I know he's just that kind of a guy. He's just a team player. He, he, he take one for the team, so oh, to speak. Open to everything, basically. Yeah, he's all comers, as they say. He will be cringing when he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so for free bottles of tequila, so I was just offering up free bottles of hot sauce from from uh, Mike Anthony. I don't really have anything to offer. You know, maybe a drumstick or something. There you go. Let's talk Chicken Foot, or whatever okay. we're calling the band. Yeah. You know, I've talked to Sammy, but in your words, tell me how your involvement with the whole project came about. Sammy and I are, are Cabo residents, and, you know, he as, as most people know, he's kind of the mayor of Cabo down there. Right. You know, he's, he has his club that he's been associated with, and obviously the tequila, and uh, if you think of Cabo, you think of Sammy. And uh, I just vacationed down there, and I really liked it about five, six years ago, and ended up getting a place. Uh, you know, it's close to Los Angeles, it's a quick flight down, and you know, the weather's always hot, and it's, it's a real nice place. So I, I bought a house down there, and God, probably five years ago, there were some pretty pretty serious hurricanes. They have hurricane season around September and October. And uh, I think I was on tour, and on a break, I went down just to, just to check out my house. You know, I'd talk to the guy watching my house, and there was some damage and some water damage. So I, I just went down there, and I knew about his club and all that, but I'd never been there, and uh, it happened to be in October, right around Sammy's birthday, that he, he, unbeknownst to me, he always does these concerts down there where he brings his band and he plays, And but I didn't know anything about it, so actually I saw Jerry Cantrell on the airplane, Oh wow! and uh, I said, hey, you know, what's going on? He goes, I'm going down to Cabo, I'm playing out at Cabo Wobble, like, oh, great, because you should come down, I said, yeah, I'll come down and check it out. Went down, my house was in one piece, and that night I went down there. You know, just going to kind of just check it out, and I and I turned the corner, and there's just a line down the street around the block. There's a big screen outside. There's people going crazy, and I'm like, oh my god, what the heck is going on here? And sure enough, Sammy's playing, and and it's just it's just a madhouse. You know, I I, I weaseled my way up to the front of the line. I said, hey, you know, I'm Chad, you know, from the Chili Peppers. I hate to do that, but I just you know. Can't, <laughs> You know, Jerry invited me down, like, you know, Tommy Lee and all these other people were there. I said, wow, this is crazy. So I, I, I they, let me see your license and gave me my license. <laughs> and the guy at the door, and he came back a few minutes later. He goes, yeah, Sammy wants to see you. Oh, okay. And I never met him. And uh, so I go up to the, to the 
you know, in the dressing room area or whatever, and, and uh, he's there. He's like, hey, man. You know, Sammy's just so, he's such a likable, you know, warm guy. And he's right. like, oh, man, I love your band, you know. I can't believe you're here. I said, yeah, I got a place. Oh, you got a place here. Get out of here. No way, man. You're a Cabo rat, you know. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm on stage, like, playing, you know. It was crazy. We just hit it off immediately. And um, so since then, we, we've, I see him down there, and we we just jam, and I jam with his band. And then about two years later, Mike Anthony came down. I go, I got to meet Mike. Man, Mike's the greatest. And, you know, I'm a huge Van Halen fan. Sure. I mean, you're a rock player. Who is it? And, and, and uh, I was like, wow, you know, this is this is cool. And we just kept in contact, and, and we played, uh, yeah, I played with Mike. And, we, and so the three of us, we played once, it was Sammy's wife's birthday party, and everybody was dressed up, like, I think it was like a 70s uh, theme. You know, we got our afros and our bell bottoms on. Big wide collars and... Wide collars, thank you, yeah. You know, medallions and the platform shoes. And we played, and so that we needed a name, and I don't know who came up with it, but somebody came up with Chickenfoot. <laughs> and uh, so I think that's where it, that originates from so it's the three of us and you know people always talk you get together with musicians and they're like yeah we should do something sometime yeah 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 you know he's got his band and i've got mine and and finally just said hey let's let's do something when we got some time off and i said well you know through the years you know we'd all been playing i've been traveling with my band and, and after this after last september a week or sorry a year ago last september I said, Sam, I got some time off, and we should do this. He goes, we need to, we need to get a guitar player. You know, I, I can't play guitar. We got to do something. Just a, a balls out rock band, just like Cream, or you know, just something with real playing and and just you know, just a real, just a classic you know rock band, and, and everybody gets to stretch out and just and, and go for it and do what they do. And then he came up with Joe's name, and I was like, wow, Joe, man, that'd be that'd be great. He's you know, I've been a fan of Joe's. I Everybody just knows Joe's just a, a wonderful musician and a fantastic guitar player. And so he invited us to Vegas. He was doing, uh, Sammy was doing a show in Vegas with his band. And Joe and Mike and myself showed up and played the encore. Never played before. Did some covers. And it just felt really good. It was like, wow, yeah, I think this is this might work, you know? Just vibing off each other. And we had a great time. Everybody hit it off musically. And then personally, you know, we, we just, you know, Joe. Joe's more serious. You know, I think I think he's a good balance for Sam and my, myself and Mike are a little kind of off the wall. And Joe's kind of got this. Uh, he's he's. I don't know if he's maybe not serious is 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 the right word, but he's he's uh, less wild, I guess. I don't know. Maybe there's a dark side to Joe I haven't seen yet. <laughs> well, well, he he, he is a he's very a good uh, balance. You know him better than yeah, I do. Yeah, he, he's he, a good. It's a good. He keeps us grounded, I think. And uh, you know, we then, then he just came up with some songs, and and him and Sam got together, and, and we just worked them out real quick, threw them down on the demos, and and they sounded great. It was well, really uh, easy and natural and very organic. You know, no, we didn't really, you know labor over it too much you know we just kind of you know they came in with these kind of basic ideas and everybody added their personalities and and put their vibe on it and uh just it just feels good so we we're forging ahead and then of course everybody joe had to go out on tour and, and do his thing and but uh now we did some uh we did some more and uh we got andy johns on board 
Oh wow! It's pretty pretty exciting for me, you know. He's you know for a drummer. He's like called me and said, Chad, you know, it's you know I'm, I'm all about the drums, you know, mate. You know, it's all about <laughs> what kind of drums do you get? He called me and asked me what kind of drums I had, and, and, and you know, so he was uh, he was really you know, fired up about it. So that went really well, and we got to write a few more songs. And we're gonna go back in at the end of November, and I think we'll have have a you know the basics of an album uh, probably by the middle of December. So I'm I'm excited about it. Now, was there any reticence, however, because knowing Joe, I know one of the missing parts in his career is he always wanted to have a real band with a vocalist. You guys have all had bands with vocalists. So was there any reticence in this going from a fun side project to like a real band? No. For me, it's, it, you really just kind of take it as it comes. And, yeah, it starts as a, as a fun side project, and you don't know what, where it's going to end up. And I still don't. And, but I feel that it's kind of taken on this, this uh, life of its own. It's just fortunate for me, my, the timing with myself is that our band is on a, a kind of extended hiatus for the first time in a long time. You know, Flea's gone back to school. He's a he's a college student at USC. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> taking theory and composition, and he wants to you know further himself musically. John, a guitar player, is making crazy instrumental like electronic music, something he really loves. And it's healthy to do other things, but luckily, I think it's going to be a good stretch of time, probably another year. And so this is a, this is perfect timing for me to do other things. I'm, you know, it's great to to be able to um, to play with other people, and and uh, it just it just makes uh, just great to have those opportunities to uh, stretch out and and try to challenge yourself. And you know, it's good for growth. And and this is I just love this music. This is where this is where I come from. You know, this is my roots. Is this kind of classic rock? That's the stuff I grew up on. The Deep Purples and the Savas and the Zeppelins and the those those bands and and I think we all have a have a love for that and I and I can tell that Joe it's it's different for him obviously he's not the leader of his band and he's not playing instrumental music and it's we really went in with no preconceived ideas other than let's just play just just play rock let's play some rock music some balls out rock and and uh, to me. It sounds kind of like what I thought and hoped it would sound like, and it's that's real always a, a that's a bonus that's refreshing when you go in the first time first song we played and I went back in the control room and listened to it back I go oh my god that's a, that sounds that sounds great sometimes you go in and say hmm that's not exactly what I thought it was going to sound like but it it was like wow this is really cool and and you know without really even like I say not trying to be anything other than let's just be ourselves so. I mean, obviously, with a band that you've been with for a long time, like the Chili Peppers, you know, you fall into a pattern, and you guys do take a long time between making records. Does this feel a little bit more spontaneous to you? Uh, yeah. We take time between records because we, you know, we tour for you know, a year and a half, and then we need a little time off, and, and the Chili Peppers, we write all together, and, and we don't really write on the road or anything, so... That's usually, you know, the three years between albums is touring and writing and recording and all that. And, and we did that cycle. We've done that for, you know, a long time and certainly since, uh, like, 98 for the last 10 years. So I just think it, it's just time for a, a break just to be able to just live life, live your life, you know, and do things. We all have families and, 
you know, just and to be able to do other things and whatever it is. And musically, it's always good to do to do something and then bring that back to your to your main band. You know, this is this is something that that I think it's gonna. I have a feeling it's gonna take on a something bigger than we thought. Well, now that that leads me to my next question. Now, what happens if this band really scores big? The album sells. There's a demand for you guys to play live. I mean, obviously, you guys are all monster players. What happens if this thing really flies? Well, if if all goes, you know, if all goes swimmingly well, which we, we hope, we're talking about it coming out around April, and at this point... We'll, we'll we'll go play behind it. Like I say, I have I have a year. I have I have you know from this point till next October, my my band is on the back burner. So uh, this is this is my priority at the moment. And uh, you know I hope to go out and play in the summer. You know, and and that would be a blast. I have a very pointed Chili Peppers question, but first let me ask you, staying on Chicken Foot, <laughs> Sammy made a very famous comment earlier this spring. Oh, geez, not the Led Zeppelin one. Yeah. You know, oh, God. what was your reaction? Sammy and his tequila tasting or something. Wasn't he like in Toronto doing something? And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was, well, you what know, was he, your reaction? He to, he's, as you know, he's a very excitable boy. Boy as I, the 60-year-old boy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't think that um, I would never compare anyone to the to the great mighty Led Zeppelin, you know. And I don't think we do sound like Led Zeppelin. I think that we just we you know admire those that that music and and uh, it's something to you know try to aspire to for sure the feeling of it and the, and but it's we're not doing like blues you know the hard blues or I mean there's there's those influences are in there for sure. I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan. I think we all are. Right. So it can't help but seep in there, but. There's obviously Van Halen stuff, you know, that it's going to sound like, and it's going to sound like Joe and experimental stuff, and it's going to have funk from from what I do, and and uh, it's uh, it's just going to be a big mix, and yeah, I'd rather let other people say what it sounds like instead of you know Sammy telling people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that he would really say that. At I this think point, that, it's it's hard to tell if the comment got twisted or not, you know. Yeah. He probably said something to the fact like you know we 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 you know like like it to, like Led Zeppelin or, or or haven't heard anything since I don't know but I didn't actually hear him what he said but I talked to him about it a little bit and he's like oh that was me opening my big mouth okay now the Chili Peppers there have been rumors yes. you guys are breaking yes. up what can you tell me about the status of the band uh, the status of the band. Uh, is that we're 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 on, we're on a break. We're, we haven't broken up. Nobody's quit. You know, it's just when when other people do other things, which we've always done, uh, immediately you know, and, and the band's on a break. People start talking. You know, hey, you've broken up or this or that. You know, I was just over at Anthony's house when I was back in L.A. last week, and we were talking about it, and he just had a conversation with Lee, and we're just taking a break. We're really just taking a. a a break from being the Chili Peppers, which we've been pretty nonstop for almost 25 years. Right. And that's a long time to be in a rock band. And, hey, I love it. I'm very proud of what we do. I, I think that we're, we're, you know, it's really a really rewarding uh, musical situation to be in. And, and I love the Chili Peppers. I'm very proud of it. But um, I, I also think it's important to do other things. 
we will come back and we will reconvene and we will come back and we'll do things that will be fresh and new. I, I, I can't say exactly when, but but it's it, uh, we've got more business to take care of. Actually, I have a question about you and the Chili Peppers and the early days. When mm. you hooked up with them, mm-hmm. did you sense anything special, like this could be the band, or was it kind of like a let's wait and see where this goes kind of attitude that you had? I joined a band in 20 years ago, 1988, right around this time, actually, John. And, and, and the band had been together for about four years, and it made three albums. And, and I had just moved out from Detroit, and a friend of a friend kind of thing. They were holding an audition. Uh, Hillel Slovak had passed away a few months right. earlier. Yes. And Jack Irons, the, the original drummer, uh, quit. He had had enough. It was, the band was a bit of a disarray, a lot of drugs. Things were... were we're not that great, I would say, around that time. And and Glee and Anthony wanted to continue playing, and, and they got you know John Frusciante, this young, 18 year old, uh, he huge Chili Pepper fan. It was his favorite band, and he, I don't even think he'd ever been in a band before. He out of Chatsworth and playing in his, his bedroom, and he was just a little prodigy, little freak, and 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 I didn't really know too much about him. Tell you the truth, I, I oh guys with the socks and the dicks, yeah, 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 you know. But I was just like, wow, here's a band, they got a record deal, man, yeah, great, they play rock, cool, I'm in. And so I just went in there, so I didn't have any preconceived notion, like, ooh, you know, it's the Chili Peppers. I mean, you have to remember at this time, they were kind of a college underground band. Right, exactly. Time. You know, kind of, uh, you're not selling too many records, and, you know, just a, just a, a kind of band, you know, under the radar, but, but, you know, pretty cool, you know. So I just went down to this crappy rehearsal place in Silver Lake, holy gully, and um, someone had told them that I ate drums for breakfast, you know, I get this guy from Detroit, he eats drums for breakfast, so I'm, I'm bringing in my drum set to this rehearsal place, and Flea's like, hey man, is that your breakfast? <laughs> like, so, I, you know, I just thought they were, you know, and at this, this time, it was all about like your funny haircut, and your tattoos, and what you look like, and I had like long hair, and probably like a Metallica t-shirt on or something. I was like 25 or 26 at the time. So I just came in and just started, and we just got to jam and, and just have a spontaneous, you know, improvisation jam. And, you know, it was, it, it was like just we hit it off like right away. Musically, we really hit it off right away. You know, personally, it takes a little time, and I was like, man, these guys are kind of weird. And Anthony was just laughing, and, you know, it was like, it was just, uh, it was just a moment of pure, like, big ball of energy in the room and it, but me if musically it felt really good i didn't think anything like oh we were going to be this you know big rock band or you know be together for this long it was really you know just wow they have a record deal and they're going to make a record wow that would be great i'd love to do that any musician wants to do that and that was it and like you know a month later i'm standing on the rocks in malibu with a spin magazine photo shoot with a sock on my dick and I'm like okay, I guess I'm in the band now what's harder posing with a, a sock on your dick or uh, or, or, or playing pl- with or, it or, 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 playing or, with or, or playing with a big flamethrower coming out of your head well you combine the two which we've done and that's <laughs> that. then you're in the danger area you don't want to burn any extremities <laughs> but uh yeah we were really you know always have been very about very about entertainment you know and Early on in our career, especially in Europe, we, the, the band was known more for our, our I guess, uh, antics, if you will, than, than the music, you know. And that was that's very one-dimensional, just to, 
you know, just to focus on one thing, you know, oh, they play naked or with socks or this or that. But we're, you know, we like to entertain. We're from Hollywood, man. We're entertainers. I'm entertainers. Aside from the Chili Peppers, you have played with a uh, variety of artists, but one of them in particular was John Fogarty. Mm-hmm. What was that like? <laughs> uh, that was an honor, you know. He's, uh, that was, phew, that was a long time ago, 94 or something. Yeah, like yeah. And uh, he was doing, uh, one of, obviously, one of his solo records. Uh, there's this guy in L.A. called The Drum Doctor who does a lot of studio rentage, a lot of, lot of cartage stuff, a lot of rentals. And John asked him, who are the, like, the up-and-coming new guys? Who are some of the newer guys that, that, you know, that you would recommend, Ross? And Ross was doing my drums at the time. So I think he recommended, like, Josh Freeze and myself and some other, some other guys. And I had, like, every drummer, every, like, big studio guy had played on this on Fogarty's album. And I think some of Jeff Beccaro's last stuff was on it. And Keltner, I mean, all the heavy guys, you know, Vinny and... Kenny Aronoff, and I'm thinking, what does he want with me? <laughs> well, you know, and so I, I was like, John Fogarty, Creedence, is fucking, yes, yeah, I'll go down and play with him. So I, I remember I was rehearsing, we were rehearsing with the Chili Peppers, the studio was in the valley, and I went down there, and and we played this one song, he played it for me, it was a pretty straight ahead rock song, you know, pretty cool, and, and it's just me and a bass player and John, and he wanted um, very particular about the tunings of the drums, which mm. I'd never experience before tuning snare drums to a certain note you know kick drums and stuff like that and, and you know I, I would say anal well, well let me stop let me stop you are you more of a tension tuner or pitch tuner i guess a little of both mm-hmm. the drums to me sound that each drum you know regardless of the size has its spot in the, in the tonal range where it speaks it sounds good it's 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 not too low. It's, if it's too low, usually, you know, for me, the tension of the of the, the top head is not going to be playable. Um, I don't use drums that are really big in the studio, so right. you can kind of, uh, you don't have to really crank them up, and that way sometimes they get choked. So drums, you know, they're, they're, I'm not like a t- note guy. I'm not tuned to a note, or this head has to be exactly in tune with that head. But, but Fogarty was really very, very... I mean, halfway through the song, I play pretty hard. Halfway through the song, the snare will will, will change a little bit, you know, just right. from 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 beating it for you know three or four minutes, and we'd stop and you know tune it back up and change it. So that that was all kind of that was new for me. But I I went with that. I went, okay, man, whatever, you know, it's your thing. I want to make you happy. And I remember we played this one song about two or three times. Went back in, listened to it, and he's like, yeah, it sounds good, man, it sounds good, yeah, cool, sounds great, okay. I'm like, cool. I'm thinking we'll do another song, you know, a, a swampy kind of CCR thing or something I was hoping, you know, that he had. And he goes, no, 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 we'll, we'll go out and do it again. Oh, okay. So we go out and play it again. He made a couple little suggestions. Yeah, maybe, you know, do a little fill into this outro or something, little things, nothing major. He was, seemed pretty happy. I remember the bass player, Bob Glob session guy he's done a million things and I've been on a couple things with him before right and uh, we were playing it and we played it down again and everybody's smiling good I'm feeling good I go great man I go this is great god I could do this all day and Bob looks at me and he goes you will (laughs) little (laughs) did I know we played that same song over and over all day and all night like 23 26 times 
Now, I've seen a YouTube video where you get to play with one of your heroes, Ian Pace from Deep Purple. Yeah. What was that like? That was great. Yeah, I've been so fortunate to be able to, you know, play with these guys. And I met them in, uh, we were playing, Chili Peppers were playing in um, in England, and he uh, he likes our, our group. You know, it's, it's, it's wild that these these uh, guys that I just looked up to as a kid and these bands that I loved when I was a, when I was a youngster really like our band you know have J- Jimmy Page come out and Jeff Beck and Brian May and D- you know these just this this English rock royalty was standing on the side of the stage and they're like digging our band you know it kind of freaks you out a little bit but it's really uh, it's really uh, an honor and and I and I asked Ian if if he would do I was doing this clinic if he would play with me on it and he said he said he would love to so that was it so we just uh we played together you know once we start playing we're peers you know but I, I, it's hard for me sometimes not to be fanboy a little bit you know and so what it was like man and you know tell you about this you know, i just have to like uh you know because it looks like in the video that you're really going for it i you know i'm, I'm playing with Ian pace man right. come on it's really a treat just because you know Joe, I just love to play, and these guys are like-minded, and they just love to do it, and I, and so we all are just doing it because we love it, man. We're passionate about it. Well, the good news, Chad, is that we have reader questions, and uh, <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'll just keep babbling. Well, the the and the good and possibly bad news is that you're very popular, and we have a lot of them. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna try to blaze through some of these, okay? Okay, I'll try to keep them short. A reader named UBT Guitarist asks, what do you love about being a musician, and what do you hate about it? What do I love about being a musician? I love, you know, I've been playing since I was seven, and I found my passion at a very early age. I just love to be creative. You know, I've played in so many different kind of situations, from little clubs to people's backyards to basements to, you know, stadiums to wherever, and... and I just, I just love, I love being a creative person and making not not only myself happy playing music, but making other people happy. Smiling faces that you see when you, you know, you play you play your songs, mm-hmm. little little songs that you make up, you know, in, in some little crummy rehearsal room or at your house or something. You know, you go and they and they they turn into songs. You record them. They come out and people connect with them and you go play them and go to Japan and the people are can't even speak English and they're singing your songs and you know I still I'm a musician and, and and it's it's not like I have a really important job I'm not like a teacher or I'm not a I'm not a doctor or something that it's like those are like important jobs it's, I'm just in a rock band you know it's not that it's not that big of a deal but we do get to make people feel really good and they connect with things and you know people come up to me oh man i listened to your song and you know really helped me through a time or you know music people identify with music in their life and the things that happen in their lives and the times in their lives and i'm no different and i'm just fortunate to be able to make a living and play music and um, do what i love to do the worst part what i hate about it I, I don't there's nothing i really hate not the That's, travel you know, or being away from your family, you know, right? Yeah, strongly dislike. Sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes travel can be uh, can be difficult. You know, um, the playing part is great. Obviously, sometimes the traveling around and that, it could be hard. 
and I'm not complaining, but it, it definitely, you know, as far as in the, in the grand scheme of things, I got a pretty pretty good job. Iron Cobra 126 says, <laughs> uh, I've heard you've been known to change your snare halfway through a gig due to wearing the skin out quickly. Is this true? Yes, this is true. I usually, in Chili Pepper shows, I have four snare drums, and they're, they're all very similar. They're brass drums. And after about, I play pretty hard, so after about four or five songs, I usually, the head will, will get a little dead, and I usually switch them out. A reader named El Barto asks, what's the best era of the Chili Peppers? Era? Era. Era or error. Um, <laughs> uh, God, you know, I don't know if there's a best. For me, you know, when I first joined the band, that was just really exciting because it was so new and we made this record, Mother's Milk, and, and, the, and, the, and we, we kind of went from this club band to starting to get a little more popular and, and, and you know, we got on MTV and started selling records and that was, that was really exciting to see that happen. You know, then we we toured and played a lot, and then we wrote all those songs for Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And in 1991, we that that was a really good time. And we went on tour uh, with Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, Chili Peppers at the end, on the end of '91. That's right. A couple months, and that was pretty cool because that was a real movement. It felt you felt a swell of of something happening, and and that was pretty exciting. A reader named Blaze says. Once you played a drum kit, 308 pieces, and you got in the Guinness Book of World Records. Where did this idea come from? A friend of mine in Detroit, where I grew up, I went to high school with, has a music store in Pontiac, Michigan, called McCourt's Music. And I was uh, back visiting um, in 1994, and I saw him, and he was like, yeah, you know, I want to, he was a drummer, and he said, I want to put together the world's biggest drum set. I think it's like 298 pieces. I want to make mm-hmm. one that's bigger than that. And I was like, oh, great, good for you. That sounds like something fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he goes, if I do, will you play it? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll come in and play it, really thinking that he never would materialize. <laughs> Four or five months later, he calls me up. Guess what? <laughs> and so I came in, yeah, and I and they set it up. It was really, Joe, like playing a, being in a big music store, just kind of walking around hitting stuff and, <laughs> You know, but I did, I did, I did uh, employ the flaming helmet for that because we needed right. a little entertainment. And uh, I remember I almost lit one of the banners on fire or something. That would have been—it was in a church, I think. So that would have probably not been so good. It wasn't the most musical experience in the world, but it, it was fun to do, and I was happy to do it for him. And yeah, I think it was in there. I think it made the Guinness Book. Yeah, so I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. There you go. A reader named Shallow Roots says. I tend to hit the drums extremely hard when I get into a song, as I know you do. I have broken way too many cymbals, and it's costing me dearly. Being the powerhouse that you are, you must be breaking cymbals quite often too, right? Um, no. No, I used to. I used to break cymbals all the time. I used to set my, my, my cymbals used to be high, and they'd be kind of straight. And so instead of it, at a, now I set them up lower and, and hit them with more of a glancing blow than straight on and kind of sideways. And also, I would recommend not having the felt and the fastener. The cymbals are not too tight on the, on the cymbal stand. Right. So they'll be able to move freely. 
you know, thinner cymbals, if you're playing really hard, thin cymbals, it's physics. They're just going to break. If you're hitting them with a lot of force with these, you know, very hard pieces of wood on the edge of a cymbal and they're, they're, they're thinner, they are going to break. A reader by the name of The Dude 5 asks, what is the most erotic Red Hot Chili Peppers song to play live? <laughs> um, hmm. There's one that we do called Sir Psycho Sexy off of Blood Sugar. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mid-tempo funk, hard funk song. And the, the lyrics are pretty, um, it's an interesting story, and it's pretty erotic, I would say. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of inspiring, you know. It's it's a, it's it's a good song. It has um, it has a lot of uh, kind of sexual energy to it. And uh, we used to play this song, "Party on Your Pussy." Oh yeah. We don't really do that one too much anymore, though. But that was more like a chanting kind of like loud. This this one's kind of slinky and kind of sexy and, and kind of dirty. A reader by the name of Medina asks, "Do you remember your first gig?" It was in 1972 when I was 10, 11, and I was playing with my brother in a band called Rockin' Conspiracy, <laughs> and we played the Elks Club. It was a going-away party for my father. Was We were moving from Chicago to Detroit. It was a going-away party for my dad, Ford Motor Company, and he brought along his his son's band to play we were terrible. <laughs> we were the worst. But we played the hits of the day. Well, I don't know of the day, but these songs that we liked. But like I said before, the classic song, we played Light My Fire. We played Stairway to Heaven. We played, oh, we played a version of Fire by Jim Hendrix. And my mother recorded it. And it's just the worst, straightest, most, I do the same fill every four bars. <laughs> any of this possible Mitch Mitchell swing out of the song at all it's just really funny to listen to and it's funny because the Chili Peppers we did we do we did fire we do fire from time to time for <laughs> the great song but it's so swinging you know and I mean it was horrible a reader by the name of Memerif wants to know if you could do anything rather than being a drummer what would you do I liked playing um, hockey. I was a goalie. When oh, I was my. Kid. Yeah. I think I just liked a lot of stuff, Joe. I liked things with, like, you know, the more equipment, you know, the more stuff. Like well, no, you like hitting things stuff. with sticks. And, and sticks. There you go. There you go. That, too. There you go. But, you know, in baseball, I wanted to be the catcher because he wore more stuff. And <laughs> hockey, I wanted to be the goalie, you know, and he had more stuff. And but yeah, I, I I probably would like to play the play to the National Hockey League for the Detroit Red Wings and win a couple Stanley Cups. That that would be pretty cool. There you go. <laughs> a reader by the name of Bosco wants to know if you're really in the uh, audience photo on the back of the Kiss Alive album. Where do you find these people? Um, that is not true, but it's close. Oh. I was at that concert. That was my first concert I ever went to, May sixteenth, nineteen seventy five was Kiss at, I loved Kiss, I was a huge Kiss, I mean, I loved Led Zeppelin and all these other bands, but, but you know, Jimmy Page didn't breathe fire and, and spit blood, you know, and Bonham's riser didn't go, you know, 20 feet in, the, in whatever it was in the air, and, you know. I went to that concert, but that picture on the back of the album is shot, it's Cobo Hall, but where those guys are standing with their poster 
is at the 16th row, and I was in the 12th row. I was in wow. front of them. So no, I was. I saw them taking the picture. I was, I was looking at them, and I was like, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, it's a great classic, classic picture. But um, um, no, I'm not in the picture. But I was at the show, and it was, it was, it was pretty amazing. And lastly, uh, the Linux effect wants to know: Do you think it's fair to say that you're the most talented musician in the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, absolutely. I am by far <laughs> the most talented musician because, you know, I write all the songs. I actually play all the instruments. I produce it. I mix it. Um, I do all the artwork. I direct all the videos. And like any good ideas that we have, they always come from me. So this is a Music Radar exclusive. You are totally the man <laughs> in the Chili Peppers. That's right. That's right, my friend. There you go. Don't you forget it. Hey, Chad, thank you very much for spending some time with me. It's been absolutely fantastic. Oh, my pleasure, Joe. My pleasure, man. And thank I wish... all, your, uh, all your readers, you know, and all the nice people. And all very... Good questions. We... I didn't get any, you know, I didn't even get a Will Ferrell question, which I usually Well, do. okay. We have never seen you and Will Ferrell together in the same room. Is that true? I don't, well, I, I don't, I can't I'll find tell, a picture. Right, for Joe, just for you, because he's such a nice man, and I did bring it up. I will tell you my one Will Ferrell story. Okay, and, good. And, and and this is Will. It was a, he was in a movie called Ladies' Man, which was a really bad movie. Oh, yeah. The Lady, the Covassier, Ladies' Man. Yeah, yeah. One of those Saturday Night Live offshoot movies that didn't, didn't, not well. Anyway, he was in that movie. So I went to the a screening of it, I knew someone, Paramount, whatever, and it's on like the lot, and you go, and the actors were there, and the director gets up and talks a little bit before the movie, and here's the movie before it comes out, blah, blah, blah. So, this was years ago, and this was kind of before the whole, hey, you look like Will Ferrell before he got like <laughs> And so I'm there, but people, you know, a little bit, hey, you know, you kind of look like that guy from Saturday Night Live, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's there, I'm there, after the, after the screening, you go to the little buffet line where you get your shrimp cocktail and your salad and your chicken skewers or whatever. And I'm standing there getting my food, and, and he's there's a person next to me down the line, and then next to him was Will Ferrell getting his food, right? So I see him, you know, and I'm I'm like, yeah, you know, Will Ferrell, yeah, 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 a little bit. I don't know, I don't really. But I'm not thinking like I'm going to look at him and go, hey, you know, <laughs> hey, hey. And so, but like, the timing, the guy in between us walked away, and both Will and myself turned from the table to, and, and kind of, we, we turned to the right, he turns to the left, and we face each other, and we're both getting ready to leave, and we turn, and he sees me, and he looks at me, and he kind of looks up, looks me up and down, and he goes, you're very handsome, and walks away. <laughs> That's excellent. It's like deadpan. You're very handsome. <laughs> so I'm like... Okay, so that was my one Will Ferrell story, and, and, and that's it. But God, if I had a nickel for every person who fucking said that to me. Chad, again, thank you very much for uh, spending some time with me. My, my pleasure, Joe. This is Joe Basso for Music Radar, the place for music makers, and I've been speaking with Chad Smith. Again, thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks, you guys. All right, take care now. All right, man. Bye-bye. <laughs>